such a good job. I just love those guys, and it's. I, I told them that their interaction together is pretty funny. I, I, I like it. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. He is so good. He's so good. I'm just so thankful. Yeah, I heard somebody say to me not long ago, you know, there's three kinds of people in the world, those that like math and those that don't. Okay. <laughs> Mic drop. That concludes our service. I'll... So good to have you again. Let's say hi to our online uh, crowd. God bless you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. You don't want to miss. I mean, this is Palm Sunday, so turn to a couple people. Give them a high five. Come on. It's Palm Sunday. Not that that's just a little play on words, but you know what I'm saying. We've been talking about walking our faith out. So this whole series is Faith Walk, and, and actually... We're going to go into this even more for several weeks, and going to go in, except next week I have a, uh, a brand new Easter message that uh, we are working on, and I'm stoked about it, because how many knows that there's no bones in the grave? And we're going to talk about that next week, and we're going to just see the, the, a different way to look at some stuff. And so God is good. I want us to go into this week, and last week I laid a lot of foundation. I'm going to lay some this week, but... Uh, but I just, this is what I want. I'm going to do my best to be clarity and clear, to be as clear as I can, or to be as simple as I can to, because that's, I don't know about you, but that's what I need. How many dudes like to put things together if they're really complicated? I don't. I like simple things besides Ron. Ron would say yes. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, I give me, you know, this here. Yep. Okay. I can do that. Um, so I want us to talk about faith, but I want us to talk in a way that you understand my heart. How many know that perspective and perception is a lot? Somebody can say something, especially in a text message. Now, I'm not texting you today, but in a text message, you, have, you know, my wife is after me sometimes because I don't use emojis. Is that what they are? Okay. I mean, I don't use them enough, so I'll be like, good, cool. Yeah. And she'd be like, did you put a thumbs up? Did you? No. <laughs> they even have all kinds of symbols in there, and you don't need to know all of those. I mean, I'm just like, I just want, like, can I not? But see, people can't tell the influx of your voice. They can't tell what you mean. Or so, Have you ever got that? Where, and, and I've got it. I've given it out where people's like, you know, I, I had to know you to know what, because it would have been easy to, to think you meant something else. And I'm like, that's not what I meant. So I get it. So my heart today is that you hear my voice. And I know we have people that are watching online. And that they'll be able to go, I can grasp a hold of this and make it work. We've been talking about the kingdom and the laws that are in the kingdom. And that's what we want to discuss. I want us to see something. Because can I just say that if you look at the world right now, the world is not seeming to get better, is it? And so we have to be on guard. We have to be on point. We have to be who God has called us to be. I told the dream team today, we're in the middle of trying to remodel. We're going to have a dream team cafe in the middle back here behind us so we can take care of all the people that take care of us, that take care of you. All of that stuff is, is happening. But I've got this glow-in-the-dark, true-life church, live-life-on-purpose rubber wristband. It really glows in the dark. When I first got it, I wasn't used to it. I had to keep my hand under my pillow because it was keeping me up. <laughs> I'm going to get some more. 
of different kinds so that before this whole thing's over, Lord willing, we'll have some that bless you. So we can all have that. Amen? I mean, I want us to remind, in, when the world gets darker, should we not be brighter? Should we not be the ones that people are like, I don't understand. I mean, you don't seem to be, you're just, you got it together. I'm telling you, it's not that I got it together. I got Jesus and he's got it together. And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So when I'm talking about the kingdom, I'm going to tell you from a perspective of where we should be standing. Because we are believers. All right, we are talking about kingdom. How many knows that God's word works every time? I know what it's like to have dreams. Like God gives you dreams, and they're, they seem to be God-designed. He has an assignment for each of you. That's one of the things with True Life Church, John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's the scripture he gave me when we started this. You are created on purpose for a purpose. He has a purpose for you in this world in such a time as this. I, no matter what's happening here, you're here because you've got a reason to be here. God's got a purpose for you. And he cares about your life, and he cares that it's provided for. Now, I want to say all that because here's what happens. Money has been taught wrong, where it's been a concept you can't talk about money in church. I'm going to talk about money today. Not completely, but I want you to hear my heart when I'm talking about this. Because I have to practice what I preach. I have to, do, I have to live the way I'm telling you. And if you think that there's no pressure in my life, think again. Okay? Understanding that if we are all caught up in just eating for today, I don't know how I'm going to eat for the next meal. Wouldn't it be if God could take care of you to a point where you're not worried about provision, then you could focus on what you're supposed to do? Does that make sense? That's my reason for talking about money. It's not be, Money is a tool. And we all grew up in, well, most of us, not all of us, but if you remember the 90s, name it and claim it and blab it and grab it, and maybe that was the 80s, I don't know. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about understanding laws and walking in them so that I know that my God, my God, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches in glory so that I can be focused on my assignment. I don't have to worry about other things because I've got a job to do. I'm wound for sound. I know what it's like to lose sight of who you are. I know what it's like to be chasing just to pay bills. I, I've lived it. I live I know. I want to pursue destiny. I want to fit where God wants me to fit. I want to feel the peace of God. I want to know what it's like to be in the master's hand. When you're a slave to money or a slave to your wallet, it hinders us from listening or being obedient to God because we're putting something else in front of him. Money is to serve the assignment that you've been given. There's not another way around that. I can't act like it doesn't exist, but God has a plan for you and me beyond the earth curse system, the world system. Beyond just slaving for money. I owe, I owe. It's off to work, I go. 
Time to fix the donuts. Mm. So many things. But God did not, didn't design you to spend your life chasing the almighty dollar. Your life is about so much more than a paycheck, a bigger house, a better car. Those things are nice. That's not what your life is about. He didn't create you just to survive. I'm here to tell you this morning, God wants you to thrive. Because when the world gets darker, people are looking for answers. They're looking for somebody to light up the world. He's already been here. We're just his army. I don't want to live in survival mode any longer. I don't want to put dreams on hold that God puts in me. He's got a purpose. I want to tap into the laws that govern his kingdom. And that's my job is to help you see and unlock some of these things that you'll be like, I've never seen that this way before. You might say to yourself, Brett, this isn't a typical church. They didn't do this in my church. Look around. If that's where you went, you're not in your church anymore. I want us to understand what God is saying. And I'd say that with all humility. I'm glad you're here. I want to be able to do this the way he wants me to do it. So continuing my story on my faith walk, me and Pastor Kim's. I was beginning to gain confidence. I was starting to find out, like, wow, this worked. Why did this work? And, and what did I do to make this work? I was beginning to sow seed for deer. And I'm going to talk about that so that you understand. You might be saying, well, Brett, I'm checking out because I'm not a deer hunter. You don't have to be a deer hunter. I'm talking about a principle or a, or a law, okay? And I'm going to get to that. But I was seeing results. I'm not saying I didn't struggle. I'm not saying I didn't have doubts. I'm admitting I did. I not heard it that way before. I grew up in a denomination that certainly didn't teach that. I had to tell myself over and over again, I'd remind myself, God is my source. God is my source and nothing else. According to Mark eleven twenty four, we've talked about that. I believed I received when I prayed and it was in his court now. Isn't it always the challenge? It's once we've prayed, we've done everything. It's between the time it shows up and the amen from the prayer. It's like, oh. That's when the enemy comes after the word. Sometimes I had a preconceived idea. This is how God's going to do it. You ever try to tell God, I know how you're going to do it. I got it. Now, he explains everything in the book, in the Bible. But, I mean, I, you know. We get our own little twist. I know how God's going to do it. <laughs> but he would do stuff that would just blow me away. It wouldn't be what I thought. It wouldn't be, if it was a person, it might not be who I thought. It might be something totally different. It might be something that I didn't even know existed, and he showed it to me and said, do this, sell that. You know, it would just be amazing. And I'd be like, I didn't think of that. And I, I think he's up in heaven going, no kidding. You ever wonder if God created the word duh? Because he must, if he did, he probably used it a lot. We'd say something, he'd go, uh, duh. But he would meet that need. And I, this is what I've, I've figured out. I need to be expecting at all times. I was in Walmart. The shopping place of the USA. You can wear anything in Walmart and get away from it, you know, or get away with it. 
There have been times in Walmart, my kids turn around and just go, Dad, that is just wrong. I'm like, I'm not arguing with you. <laughs> Woo! Help me, Jesus. I was just checking out of Walmart, and the Lord spoke to me and said, it was around Christmas time, and he said, this guy's going to come up to you, and he's going to ask, get this, he's going to ask me for a quarter, and he's going to tell me he's hypoglycemic. Though, I mean, number one, I think it was a quarter, my wife can tell, quarter. Like, why? I don't even think of that word. I don't even, I'm not even sure what that means. You know, there's people that like math, there's people that don't, and then there's people like me. So, whatever, this dude walks up to me and he asks me, I, I'm, I'm going to say a quarter. If I'm wrong on that, you know, it's not that big a deal. But I'm like, no, you know, okay, I got a quarter. I mean, you know, and then he goes, I'm hypoglycemic. I knew he was going to tell me that. I could see him saying that to me. Now, the whole, I said all that just to say, when I left that situation, I'm alone with God then. Why did that happen? How That was awesome. How, I mean, you know, I ask God stuff like, how did you know that? Duh. That's the Brett version, not the new King James or the God. Like, I'm God, hey. But, I mean, he would start revealing things to me. He would do all kinds of things. I would be expectant at all times. I mean, I grew up believing God. I went to a, a traditional church that believed in God. Do you know that the devil believes in God? Just so I'm saying. He believes there's a God. He's trying to keep you from believing that, but he believes there's a God. But I did not understand that I had a role to play in this life that we walk out. For me to go, get ahead, for me to, you know, I'm going to use a word here, prosper. That doesn't just mean financially. That just means walking blessed. Okay? It can mean finances, yes. But for me to do things and, and live well and do things well, I have to get involved. Turn to your neighbor and say, this, we got to get involved. Deuteronomy 28, 12, the Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. You will lend to many nations, but you'll never need to borrow from them. God says right here, I'll bless the work of your hands. You heard me say last week, zero in heaven is zero here. You don't do anything, there's nothing for him to bless. There's people that will just sit and go, I'm just waiting on God. He's waiting on you. I don't want to miss the blessing. I think of back in my life, how many blessings have I missed because I just sat and did nothing? If I have rain in season, it doesn't do me any good if I don't put any seed in the ground. Say amen to that. If I don't plant a garden, I can't expect to get crop. Harvesting is a God and man project. God does his part, man must do his part. kind of grew up probably maybe did you did you I, like god was a game of chance almost like you go to a pop machine put 50 cents in somebody says uh, could you get your pop and go i'm still winning <laughs> bad joke <laughs> the, <laughs> some of you'll get home and go oh i get it <laughs> god doesn't just arbitrarily he doesn't just choose today i'm going to bless brett tomorrow i'm going to bless gibby I, I, you know i'm going to bless that that's not he works by covenant and by kingdom by laws laws that are in operation he has to go by the laws that he put in place 
I used to think that just out of, you know, like somewhere in heaven, there's some money tree that would shake and then the money would just, because we all, you know, in this system, I can tell Ohio Edison and Columbia Gas how spiritual and anointed, whatever, they do not care. All they want is you've used this many kilowatts, pay the man. God is never a game of chance. We have to listen. And I'm just telling you, in these times, if you just want to come to church just to get a nice message, you're going to find that it's going to be too rough for you in, in to, to prosper in these times. You're, you can't play church anymore. Church has got to be who you are, whose you are. Let me change that. Obedient to his leading. God will give you Greater is he that's in me. I am the head, not the tail. When I start walking in the authority, delegated authority by Jesus Christ, then I get wisdom. I have wisdom because God is inside me. I have favor. I don't have to beg for stuff I already have. I have to walk in it. I have to start using it. I have to start exercising it. When I was on staff in Dayton, they did a, and my wife might remember this, they did a message and they had some guy that looked about the size of Barney Fife. And they brought him up on stage. They put him in a T-shirt. I was in a little better shape than I am now. They put me in a T-shirt, and they brought us up on stage. And they told Barney, flex. They told me, flex. And so you had Barney Fife, and then you had, you know, so we we're all both doing all those things. And people were laughing, and he looks at me and he says, I hate this. And I'm like, well, you know, so do I. But it was kind of one of those things he's trying to illustrate you didn't get muscles if you didn't spend time with the weights. If you didn't work out, there's not a muscle angel that just slaps them on with, you know, clay. <laughs> we have to walk it out. Look at Matthew 17, 27. We don't want to offend them, so go down to the lake. Now, see, Peter's coming to Jesus. This is what's happening. Jesus says, we don't want to offend them. Go down to the lake, throw in a light, open the mouths of the first fish you catch. You'll find a large silver coin. Take it, pay the tax for both of us. Now, man, Jesus had to pay taxes too. Think about that back then. So, but he gave Peter a strategy, a plan. Turn to your neighbor and say, a plan. You see, that's what this is about. When we get into the kingdom of God, God will download to you an idea or concept that will come with, if you will pursue it, with the plan or strategy. Somebody say amen. I'm trying to help get you to where you need to be because God will give you something that you can't find on Amazon. You might need Amazon to get something, maybe not. But what I'm saying is God will give you something and you'll be like, oh my. So he tells Peter, go down, first fish you catch, get the coin. What if Peter didn't do it? What if Peter said, you go down and throw a line in. You can first fish catch. You ever, kids ever do that? You know, I don't know what, I don't know how old Satan was when he got kicked out of heaven. I'm thinking he was a teenager. <laughs> Denies the very existence that you brought him into the world. I know. Anyway. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But Jesus told Peter to go do something. What did he tell him? He, and what did Peter do for a living? Fisherman. If I told Rob Shrek, Rob, I need you to go do something with the plumbing. 
Rob would already know what to do. If you ask me, that's not a good scene. But he knows. So Jesus, listen to what I'm trying to tell you. He tells Peter to do something Peter knows how to do. But Peter has a part to play. Number one, Peter's got to do it. Number two, Peter is also responsible for the equipment. He'd have to know how to use it. Maybe how to upkeep it. What if he just didn't do anything with any of that stuff? And there were just nets with all kinds of holes in it and this or that or whatever. Maybe his fishing poles broke. I don't know. But Peter had a job. And his responsibility was, I can do that. I've found this out. God knows your ability. You might be saying, Brett, I don't, I don't. There's nothing special about me. Oh, yeah? God created you, and he doesn't make any junk. So there's something. He has something for you. In all the stories I'm going to share from my life, you'll find that God does his part. God always does what he says he's going to do. Me, not so much. I've struggled from time to time. Have you ever struggled? But eventually I learn. But I'm glad God's patient with me. He helps me. I'm going to explain to you, I promised I'd start talking about these laws and how they work. So our first thought today is the power of agreement. The power of agreement. I get all kinds of questions about some of this stuff. What if my spouse isn't saved and, 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 and they won't agree with me? Can you agree with God? Last time I checked, you and God are a majority. God before you who can be against you. But the power of agreement, the first thing is the word. Let's just get that out there. This is true, period. The word of God, there is no fault in it. It is true, amen? I, can, I don't get the word to work for me. The word works because I work the word. Does that make sense? Instead of trying to twist something just to find, well, let me just find this, this gray area. No, you know what? I'm going to do whatever God says. If it's in here, that's what I want to do. The, the word has got to be your absolute if I don't believe the word of God, honestly, I can't really absolutely release my faith because I don't believe this is true. Knowing the will of God is where faith begins. See, we just jumped from the boat into deeper water. Knowing the will of God is where faith begins. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Your heart is your belief system. What do you believe to be true? If I'm believing that God's word is absolutely true, then I don't have another belief that would contradict that. If I don't believe God, I don't have peace inside. If I don't trust him, I don't believe, uh, you know, God, you'll do it for PB, but you won't do it for me. You've got a problem in your belief system there because the word does not say that. That is something that you have been brainwashed into by something else or someone else, and you've took it to be true. So when I hunt, and then again, I'm just talking about deer hunting, but it doesn't have to be deer hunting. But when I would go and I would hunt, I would pray with Kim. Here's what I'm believing for. Let me just say the last 
two two years ago, three years ago, I was I was hunting at, at on Pastor Gary's land, and he came out and was going to take me to a, a tree stand. He said, "I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you where to go hunt." Now you, it may mean nothing to you, but this is Doctor Faith to me. I mean, this is you know this is my my pastor and my mentor, and this is what he asked me: "What are you getting today?" He doesn't say. He already knows I'm hunting because that would be one of those, duh, you know, because I got permission. So, you know, he wants to know, listen, what I'm getting. And I could have said something like a deer, doe, a deer, a female deer. But he wanted to know specifically. So inside of me, there's a battle going on. What do I say? Do I believe the word or am I going to be intimidated by the enemy screaming in my ear? Don't say anything. You're not in faith. I said, I'm getting an eight-point buck today. And he said, you're getting an eight-point today. I said, yes, sir. He said, okay. I'll believe with you. I'll agree with that. But see, here's, here's the thing. I'd already agreed with, I believe that's what God put in my heart, and I agreed with my wife. That's what I was going to get. You know what I got that day? An eight-point buck. I'm not going to tell you the whole fiasco of the story that happened during that, because we don't have time for that. <laughs> that might happen later on. But my, my, what I'm trying to tell you is I got exactly what I believe for. You see, the prayer of agreement and the sowing of seed. Now, and I'm going to explain sowing. So before you turn me out, I'm not. You can take your hand off your purse or your wallet. That's not. Just listen to me. It can't be bypassed. The seed doesn't always have to be money. I'm going to say it one more time. The seed. It may be just. It may be your time. It may be clothing. It may be something else. It doesn't have to always be money. But the law doesn't change. Are you with me? I'll explain. Because I'm me, no excuse, I would push ahead sometimes and not pay attention to what God is trying to tell me. I'd be too busy. And I would just kind of be almost like Samson. You ever remember the story of Samson? He just, I'll just go out like I did before, and I'll just, you know, but yet there's laws that have to be put in force. I would go forward on my own strength. Even the Lone Ranger needed Tonto from time to time. How many grew up with the Lone Ranger and Tonto? Mmm, Kimosabi, good to see you. I'm, I'm just trying to make a point. I found out that I always need God. Sometimes... We need to understand, without God, we, we are nothing. God is everything. If we live in the five-sense realm, I don't get peace or success that way. The enemy operates in that realm. That's five-sense. If you're wondering, that's your, your seeing, touching, tasting, smelling, feeling, all of that. He works in there. First Peter 3, 7, in the same way, you husbands must honor your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. 
So it's really cool to serve a God that cares about me and cares about those that he's connected with me and cares about them and cares about who they're connected with. If we mistreat our spouse, we limit our ability to receive from God. So what does that mean? Hindered. That's exactly what it means. If you don't treat your spouse correctly, and I'm not saying never make a mistake. I'm just saying as a whole, you will hinder your prayers. Our agreement or lack thereof will get hindered because we don't have a clear picture of what we're releasing our faith for. Kim and I get on the same page so that we face the same direction. As the pastors of this church, we are getting all of our dream people on the same page so we look the same thing. If I go to McDonald's in Texas, Texas, and I order a Big Mac, it's going to taste like one in Marion, Ohio, probably. Now, maybe the beef is different. I don't know. No. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, because they all they do it the same way. If I go to Donato's at Sean's, I can get a Donato's pizza. It's an amazing pizza. If I go to Donato's, so they, they're going to have the same recipe because it's the same thing. Are you with me? So we have to be in agreement and face the same way. So G, uh, James told us a double-minded man, that's a man with two visions, that's division. So if my wife has one vision and I have another, how do we walk together? We can still walk, but it's going to be like doing that three-legged race thing. If we have two visions, we can expect, according to the word, and the word is the final authority, to receive nada, nothing, zippo, zilch, zero. The most powerful union on the face of the earth is marriage. That's what he put, and that's one of those unions that you, you that's just awesome. You have to be in agreement or you're going to find it hard to receive by faith. Now, again, if you have a spouse that's not saved and one that is, then you're going to, just, you're going to get in agreement with the word and with God, but you're always going to honor your spouse. If you downplay your spouse and just say, you know, you're nothing but a sinner, you're going to burn in hell. <laughs> Probably not going to win too many to the Lord that way. But you want to show them. The Bible says kindness leads them to repentance. Doesn't it? All right. You getting something out of this? We got the agreement thing settled. Let's keep going. We talked about sowing. So this is the one that I got to spend a couple minutes on, but it's going to be all right. These, I only have two thoughts today. So see, yeah, last week you're probably like, when's he going to get done? <laughs> I wasn't sorry. I just needed to lay foundation. Here's our second thought. I want you to listen to me because this is, I got to explain this. The power of a seed. The power of a seed. When I have done everything that I'm teaching you today and I have done it correctly, my success rate is 100%. Now that's, that's something. I have seen things that I don't even understand. Like, is this really working? It blows my mind. I'm going to tell you a short story. And I, and I may tell again later, so just, you know, pretend I'm a storyteller, okay? <laughs> I won't tell you today again, but maybe all in this series I'll tell you. But this is what I told Kim. I'm believing, for, you know, eight points or more practical, you know, um, I guess I've seen, I've seen more of them. 
But on the land we had then, I just want, I wanted a good eight point. I have a small eight point that's in my barn right now on the wall. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, he has pet deer. No, it's on the wall. <laughs> I've got a 12 point and an eight point, but I wanted a, like a, a bigger eight point, you know, just, you know, I thought, oh, I'll get an eight point. So we sowed a seed. We agreed for the eight point. This is as true as I can be. I'm not exaggerating or anything. This is during gun week. I'm wearing orange. I'm on my property. I don't need a deer tag, nor do I need a hunting license because I'm on my property. I'm sitting by a tree that I liked, and I had a five-gallon bucket I'm sitting on. I had carved in the tree, I love Kim with a heart. And I had that in two trees at that property. If you, we'd go back to that property, I could show you where those are. I would imagine they're still there. But I was sitting there, and I, I was tired. So I believed we sowed a seed. She goes, I'm in agreement, and you're going to get that eight-point buck. Now, again, I have my part to play, right? I fell asleep. I have, I'm sitting on that bucket. The tree's right here. I'm up against the tree. I lean my gun up against the tree. I got my arms crossed. I'm in Zville. I'm gone. I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm waking up, and from me to Gary, and Gary wave at me, so they see, from me to Gary, I'm sitting on this buck. I've got orange on. I'm not behind bushes. I'm not in a tree stand. I got, I got my gun right here, which was my dad's shotgun, and I called it, I think I called it sweet, old Eagle Eye Addy or Sweetness. I can't remember now. But anyway, it, it's a bird gun, but, man, it's got me a lot of deer. So I've got that sitting there, and I look up, and I'm just like kind of rubbing my eyes. I yawn. I look over. There is a beautiful, big eight-point buck laying on the ground, <laughs> laying on the ground. I'm looking at him, and he's looking at me like, oh. Now, my gun is right here. He's giving me the stare down. And I, I'm thinking up in heaven, God's going, hey, this is going to be good. Come on, everybody, look. We got Brett right here on this bucket. This is going to be really good. Now, there's no wind, so that can't blow the, the shot, Uncle John. So it's going, it's going to hit right where it's supposed to hit. I, I slowly grab my gun, and this deer's like, whoop, he stands up. I'm like, this is not good. I am shaking. It's called, they call it buck fever. But I'm like, and he takes off. I, I throw three shots his way. That's when the wind really kicked up. None of those hit the deer. Really, he just took off over the hill just like, no problem. I didn't hit him. I didn't do anything. I sat there with my mouth open. And all I could hear was, duh, no. <laughs> now, here's my point. I didn't get the deer, and I'll talk about that later as these series go on on what to do if you miss a harvest. We'll get there. My point is, I'm not, I'm not undercover. Why was the deer right out in the open? I'm, I've got my legs crossed. I've got orange on. I look like a creamsicle. <laughs> and why is he there? Deer don't normally do that, that but again, there's something that I'm, we're going to get to where we're like, how does that happen? Because there are laws in the kingdom of God that I cannot change. No matter, even if I want to change it, it doesn't matter. Now, I haven't always done this right. Sometimes I've tried to sing that Frank Sinatra song, I did it my way. 
Never produced really well. But people have asked me this. Here's a common question. Sowing. Isn't that like trying to buy God's blessing? So again, I'm, I don't want you mad at me, but I'm, I'm going to explain this. If you get mad at me, you'll just have to get over it because we've got a long time to be in heaven together. <laughs> Where do we look for our answer? We look for the word. Because remember, it is the absolute truth. There's a law in the kingdom of God that is working all the time, 24-7. It never stops working. If people don't know about the law or don't even understand it or know how it works, it still works. It doesn't mean it stops just because you don't understand it or you don't know about it. If you don't know about gravity and you jump off this building or I push you off this platform, gravity going to do what gravity does. You can say, I don't believe in gravity. I can change your mind on that real quick. That's like God's kingdom. People don't walk in the benefits because we don't know how they work. We have been taught wrong. Or we've just assumed. When you got saved, or even today there may be some people that will give their life back to the Lord. They know Jesus as their Savior. When you get born again, you go, the Bible says you're translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his love and light. Every kingdom has laws that make it work. You can have faith for something. There's laws that govern the law of faith. You can have doubt. There's laws that will, if you don't believe, there's laws that will be in effect because they won't happen. We've all been raised in the world's system. We were taught to expect death, sickness, poverty. God's laws are higher than that. Jesus quotes a law in Luke. Give and, it will, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full Press down, shaking together, make room for more, running over, poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. So Paul quotes the law as well. So I'm going to go to that. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. Well, the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. In other words, I'm not giving because you're making me. I'm giving because it's a heart thing. This is not my money. This is God. I want to be generous and blessed. God will generously provide all you need. Then you'll always have everything you need and plenty left over to what? To share with others. See, that's the thing. It's been taught about just, oh, it's just all mine. It's just whoever gets the most toys wins. No, God wants you to be good in the kingdom so people that don't know Jesus will go, I need to be, how did that happen? And let me share with you how that happened. Let me bless you. You need food, I'll help you with that. You need something, let me help you with that. You see, it's our faith in God that determines our ability to operate in the law. Do I believe it to be absolute? The natural, even the natural, a farmer that doesn't know, he's going to, uh, he's not really known by his words, he's known by his deeds. That's almost like a line from Batman. It's not what I say, but it's what I do that defines me. That's what a farmer's known by. The seeds he throws in the ground. Because he understands the natural law of sowing and reaping. He'll spend thousands of dollars and he'll put it in the ground. He can't get it back. And he knows that. Once it's sown, it's sown. Even if he wanted it back, he can't. But he puts his faith in that law. And he's expecting crop to come up. He knows there's going to be a season to get the crop off the field. 
And I, you know, I've been doing this a long time. I know a lot of people that ask God for money. But he's already provided, listen to me, the law of sowing and reaping. If you understand the law and you operate in it, you believe in it, it'll work for you and things will happen. Blessings will come. If you don't know about the law or you're just afraid to part with it, I would rather trust Dow Jones with I can't give today because the market dropped. I'm just telling you what. I give first fruit to God. Get your tax return back? Well, I've given tax off that all year. I've given tithe. I'm not, what do I do? People ask me that question. We still tithe off our return. Why? Generosity. It's God's. I just want to, God, what do you want me to do? You see, the law doesn't stop working. They'll only get what they've sown or given. If you know people, there's a lot of people that I need a miracle. And aren't you glad we serve a God of miracles? Thank God for the miracles of faith and miracles of healing, all of that. We have a God, and, and He can do those miracles. But we know there's got to be more because there's, if I just need a miracle every week, I live from crisis to crisis. I don't want that. And I don't think God wants that for you. I want to operate in this law. I'll save myself a lot of pain. You know, if I knew somebody that was a farmer and asking God for a zillion acres and they only planted one acre, I would say their favorite color is clear. They're one fry short of a Happy Meal, maybe. I don't know. But doesn't that happen all the time? People will reap what they've sown whether they want to or not because it's a law that's in place. It's still working whether they realize it or not. It's an operation, and it can't be changed. I can't stop it. Galatians 6, 7 says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. Always, you'll always, you'll always harvest what you plant. You see, what happens is what people, they blame God for their situation. They blame God, so to speak, for crop failure when they didn't sow anything. Why didn't you give me anything? Why didn't you produce anything? God's like, I have this law for you. Do you understand how it works? And again, it doesn't always have to be money, so don't get all caught up in that. We'll explain that. God cannot violate his own law. Do you know how the Bible would not be true if God would break his own law? So let's break this down a little bit more. If the law doesn't change, we've got to know how it works. Galatians says, what you sow, you will reap. Apples... Produce apples. You plant an apple seed, you're going to get an apple tree. You won't get an orange tree if you plant an apple seed. You'll get an apple. Corn produces corn, and we can start talking about, you know, a tree that has how many apples would come off a tree from one seed, and you can go through all that. (laughs) But let me explain this principle. I'm trying to learn this law as I was in the beginning, trying to figure it out, and I just, you know, I'm like, okay. And I was in a service. My dad had given me a Seiko watch. It, it had a, a diamond in it. I don't know if it was a real diamond. It, he says, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I think it was a watch he found. <laughs> and he's like, I'll give this to Brad. <laughs> but nonetheless, it was kind of a cool watch. It, you know, I liked it. And I was sitting in the service. I was pastoring in the church, but I was sitting in the service, and somebody was, you know, we were something going on. Maybe it was praise and worship or whatever. 
uh, and, and I was involved in the service. The Lord spoke to me in that service, and he said, take your watch off and give it to the guy behind me. My dad was in that service. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. That's my watch. And he said it again, take your watch off and give it to the guy behind you. So I took my watch off, and that was a part in praise and worship where we do that thing where shake hands with your brother and your sister, you know, whatever. You're going to be nice. And I turned around, and I went to shake his hand. I had the watch in my hand, and I, and I went to shake his hand. And so the watch is in the hand, and the guy took the watch, and he looked at me, and he, his face went like this, and then his face got real pale. Now, later in that service, I had found out that he had told God, now I don't, I'm not saying this is all right or whatever, but this was his story. I'm just repeating it. He had told God, I don't believe you're real. I'm going to ask you to do something that I think would be, if you're real, because I'm done with this, somebody needs to give me a watch tonight. I didn't know that. I turned around and gave him a watch. Now, here's where this gets good. I'm like, okay, I sewed a watch. Somebody asked me what time. I don't know, Hair Pastor Freckle. (laughs) Don't have a watch. Gave it away. In two weeks time five watches came into me the ups guy came to the church hey i got this package for you and he goes here and just gave me the watch i'm like what are you doing he goes i don't know <laughs> i got five watches the same thing happened with a computer somebody in the church is like brother brad we just need a computer we don't know what we got to do this and we got to do this business and we don't have a computer so we i ha- we had another one we here here's a computer We got three computers, or maybe four, in in less than a week. Now, I'm going somewhere, because stuff like that doesn't just happen. And you can sit here and go, that's crazy. Might be, not crazy enough, because it's happening. Let me give you some examples from the Word. Let's do that instead of just me. How about that? 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7. One day a widow, a member of the group of the prophets, came to Elijah and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know he feared the Lord. But now creditors come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elijah said, Tell me what you have in the house. Nothing at all except a flask of oil, she replied. And Elijah said, Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Go into your house with your sons. Shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it's filled. So she did as she was told. So she did as she was told. So she did as she was told. Okay. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. In other words, you know what it's like a cup of coffee that's clear up to the top, and you got to walk across the floor. Yeah, you're going to be cleaning up coffee, but you know what I'm saying. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her, and then the olive oil stopped flowing. Bring me another jar. There aren't any more. Then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what happened, he said... Now sell the oil, pay your debts, and you and your sons can live what's left over. Listen to what I'm trying to tell you here. Her deliverance, her answer was what dependent, what she had that was in her house. Do you see that? The answer of what she needed, now she's going saying, she's going to the man of God, which would represent God. She's going to him saying, they're trying to take my sons, what am I to do? And he gives her instruction, just like Jesus told Peter, Go down and fish. The first fish you catch, there's a coin in the mouth. He's saying, go borrow as many jars as you can. Go in, take the oil that you have, fill the jars, 
you know, shut the door, fill the jars. Now he tells her, sell, pay your debts, you can live on the rest. Now her faith was releasing as she collected those jars. Do you understand what I'm saying? As she, she had to go do that. If she didn't collect jars, she gets no oil. The creditors come, they take her sons, but he had given her a plan. Turn to your neighbor and say a plan. He gave her a strategy and told her what to do. She was obedient and she did it. Now the size of her harvest was determined. She determined it. How did she determine the size of her harvest? By the amount of jars she gathered. Had she known what we we're talking about today and if there would have been semis, back the truck up here, please. You know, we would have had some olive oil <laughs> something. But she, she defined her harvest by the amount of jars. The oil didn't stop, and she wasn't ready for it to stop because the Bible says she said, give me another jar. And her son said, there isn't any more, and the oil stopped. Had she had more jars, I believe the oil would have just kept blowing until she didn't have any more jars. So she defined her harvest by the number of jars. Here's my point. Are you still with me? This is fun. Notice that God could only multiply and could only do that according to her faith, what she had. I'm going to say it again. God could only multiply what she had and only multiply it according to her faith, the number of jars and what she had in her house. Let's look at another Bible story. I'm going to give you two, and then we're almost finished here. 1 Kings 17, 8 through 16. The Lord said to Elijah, now this is around the same time frame, okay? <clears throat> Go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon, or Sidon, or however you'd like to say that. I've instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath. He arrived at the gates. He saw a widow gathering sticks. He asked her, please bring me a little water and a cup. And so she's going to get it, and he called to her. You know, it's kind of like on the way. It's like telling your wife, hey, would you make me a sandwich while you're in the kitchen? I don't know. He said, bring me a bite of bread, too. And she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. I have only a handful of flour. Now, listen, I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal. Then my son and I will die. There. Mom, please. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said. But make a little bread for me, listen, first. Elijah, again, is representing God. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord of God of Israel says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said. She and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There's always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Now, notice again, what was multiplied back to her was what she had sown, oil in the meal, the flour. Why? It's a law. Jesus fed the 5,000. There was actually 20,000 there. If you count women and children, they're talking just men at that point, so they weren't counting the ladies and the kids. So if you counted everybody, there's close to 20,000 people there. It's lunchtime. The people needed to eat. You know the story. He told his disciples to take care of it. And I'm sure they were thinking, yeah, right. Or maybe, duh. <laughs> I don't know. But much was needed to feed. That's a lot of people to feed, isn't it? 
Okay? Mark 6, 38, this is Jesus saying this. How much bread do you have? Now, can you imagine 20,000 people, first of all, just looking out on the hillside and everybody's expecting lunch? I don't think Sean could cater that. He might try, but I don't think he could. That's a lot. But he'd be like, yes. Okay? He says, how much bread do you have? Go find out. So they came back, reported, we've got five loaves and two fish. Now, if I'm telling you a secret here, a key, and if you get a hold of it, it's going to change your life forever. He said, bring it to him first. Everybody say first. You got to understand in the kingdom, that's why God gets the first fruits. He's first. Doesn't take any faith. You get a whole large sum, I'm just going to save this money, I'm going to do this, and I'll give it to God gradually. Let's talk about Cain and Abel. You know how that went. He accepted one, not the other, because in the process of time, Cain said, well, I'll just, you know. God didn't like that. God is first. So, okay. He said, bring it to him first. Then he took the food, according to the Bible, and he blessed it. Now, this is the key I want to tell you. When he blessed it, what does that mean? Pastor, what's that mean? That means he sanctified it. He separated it from the kingdom of darkness, the world, to his kingdom. It was brought to him first. He separated it. He spoke over it. It's like what we do at meals so you don't get sick. Justin always makes fun. We will say, God, take sickness from our midst. But he always goes, because it sounds like you're saying mitts. Take sickness from our mitts. But that's a, it's the same principle. We pray over food so that, you know, nothing. The Bible says if you, you know, you wouldn't drink poison on purpose. But if something happened, it wouldn't even harm you. Come on. If we really believe the word to be true. So it's separated. Once the loaves and fish, listen to what I'm trying to tell you. Because this is the key. We're in the kingdom of God and not in the earth curse system or the world system. Once they were in the kingdom of God, now God could multiply them. They changed kingdoms. Let me explain. What you have is yours. You have authority over what is yours. When you give it to God, you release that authority to where you give it. Does that make sense? God can't do anything. Now, remember in the beginning of this message, we talked about our hands. If our hands aren't doing anything, he can't bless them. When I give things to the kingdom, sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest... I take them out of the kingdom of the world, put them in by my authority that I have been given. You, you know, and I, so now, because it was mine, I have given God, listen, a legal channel for legally to have jurisdiction and take care of that. If I keep it in the other system, he can't do anything with it because I didn't willingly give that and put it in his system. Does that make sense to you? Once you give it to God, it's then and only then he gets involved with your seed to multiply it back. 
It gives him a legal channel, if you will. They ate and picked up 12 baskets. What did they pick up 12 baskets of? Fish and bread. Do you see it? God can only multiply what we give him because it's a law. They didn't pick up apples and oranges because that's not what was multiplied. That's not what was given and sown. Fish and bread were sown. That's what multiplied. Meal and oil, that's what multiplied. Oil, that's what multiplied. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 8, we read that. At the bottom of it, it says, For God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all. Everybody say all. All you need, then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Now, the New King James says, All sufficiency in all things. Always having all sufficiency in all things to have an abundance for every good work. So when Paul is writing this, he's talking here about money. Okay? He's saying giving money brings a return, having all sufficiency in all things. Money's just paper. But you know if you go to work, you're exchanging your time for money. You're, putting, you're investing your time in what you're doing. But it can be used for all things, according to the scripture. When I give money, I can name what I'm sowing for, because maybe I don't have that, but I'm believing God for this, so I can use the money as defined by my faith. I can, I can believe for a return of more money. Kim and I have sown just that we need more finances. So we give. It doesn't make sense in the world system. If you need money, why give it away? But yet we sow, believing God will return and multiply, giving him the legal channel so that it's sanctified. Now, and again, this isn't about name it and claim it and blab it and grab it. This isn't about getting rich quick. This is not what I'm talking about. This law is not meant for that. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about the kingdom principle, walking in the kingdom. If I'm believing God, the word says all things. So if I'm hunting deer, deer would be all things that I'd have sufficiency in, if that's what I'm putting my hand to, and that he's going to prosper me in. If we need meat for our freezer, he's going to help me. 419 of Philippians says, same God who takes care of me supplies all of my needs from his, according to his glorious riches, which have been given to us from Christ Jesus. We've heard that verse. We quote it. It's almost a general quote. We almost take it at face value, but Paul wrote it because people had given not just money, but other things, and God, because they did that, says now, he says, according to that, he's going to supply all your needs. That's what the word says. Now, you don't have to take my word for it. You better take God's word for it, because if you don't take God's word for it, it's not going to work for you. Now, again, this isn't a get-rich-quick. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just walking blessed in a kingdom. The difference between the stories, when something was given, it was reproduced. When something was given, it was reproduced. Fish, bread, fish, bread, oil, oil, meal, oil, meal, oil. But when finances were given or money was given, it could reproduce anything according to this scripture. I don't know what your need is. If I need a deer meat, I'm covered because it's all my needs. That's not gold plumbing or 14 Mercedes. I'm, that's garbage. I'm not talking about junk. I'm not talking about fake gospel. I'm talking about just being real. So when I plant my seed, I'm doing it. 
I'm not buying God. I'm doing what a farmer is doing. I'm expecting my harvest because I planted it in a law that works 24-7. It's not buying God's blessing. That law is working. So instead, now here's what people do. We'll say things like, you know, because I sowed, it sounds, but that's an act. This isn't a formula because self-righteousness, if you do this and do this and you have all these good things, this is, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're going on according to works. There's other faiths that believe that. That's not what we're talking about. We don't believe that. What we're saying is we have a part to play, but because, now listen, because this law is in motion and I have obeyed the law and done what God has asked me, I will reap the harvest. Does that make sense? So I'm not saying because of my action, this is all based on God's kingdom, not because of me. I'm not putting self-righteousness on. I have a part to play, but the whole purpose is the word of God. People get all bent out of shape like, well, they'll get their faith in the act of laying on of hands. No, faith should be the word says you can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. So that's where I'm going to put my faith. Because the word says I can lay hands on the sick, not because the action of that. Makes sense. I'm expected. When I sow, I believe I'm expected. Not because of my ability, but I know this law is operating. Are you getting anything out of what we're trying to put out today? I can't tell you more. I mean, obviously it's 1155. I'm going to be back in two weeks. Well, I'll be here next week, obviously. Well, in three weeks, I mean, we'll just continue to go on and explain this. And hopefully, this isn't church here. It isn't religion. It is just practical. This is how the kingdom operates. People have asked Pastor Kevin and I, you know, we had people that pulled up and said, how did God do this? Because he's God. But because we recognize his God and we follow those laws. I didn't do it. God's doing it. He gets the credit. I'm just being obedient. So much to the point that he has told me, Brett, you need to hammer this to them. You need to show them, show them, show them. I was telling my wife just the other day, I said, they have to understand the principle. They've got to get this teaching of, this isn't about, I'm just, I'm money and I'm expecting, no, that's, that's not what I'm talking I'm talking about hearts. It's about your heart. Just listen and be obedient. And the Lord will do that. It'll exchange kingdoms. And I've got more stories to tell you. I got tons of stories. I got more stories than Carter has liver pills. But we're gonna we're gonna make this so you go, I get it. And before this thing is all over, I'm gonna look at your wonderful faces, and there's gonna be people that are saying already had somebody say to me, I want to be on the screen. I want to give a testimony. Because God's word has changed my life. Some of these principles I'm trying to show you, it has changed everything. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?